us lift up your voice and thank him. Lift up your voice and thank him. Just lift up your voice and thank him. Yes. Thank him for giving you the chance to begin the second half of another month. He that has started a good work will bring it to an expected end. Lift up your voice and just thank the Lord. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him this morning. Yes. Can you open your mouth and thank him? Just lift up your voice and thank him right now. Lift up your voice and thank him this morning. Father, we give you praise and glory. We give you praise. We give you praise, Jesus. Mayo Shandabahada. E Malo Zagadiandalabahadia. So Le Braduste, E Braduste, Emraduste, Maro Shande Baluanda Badia Dosa. Le Garuanda Malu Shadi Baluanda Barabaha. Yaba Shandadabahaya. Yaba Shanda Balo Sande Baruanda Babadabaya. Meko Shandi Balada Bahaya. Lebra Dosenda Baya. Yes, lift up your voice and give him thanks and praise. Halo Shadi Baluanda Baya. Can you lift up your voice wherever you are standing? Lift up your voice wherever you are standing. Yes, Lord, for the opportunity to even begin the second half of this month. Lord, we thank you. Yes, lift up your voice and thank him right now. Mando Shadabaya. Lebra dosa. Mando Shadabaha. Yes, Lord, we give you praise. We give you praise. Somebody lift up your voice and thank him right now. Lift up your voice and give him praise. Hallelujah to Jesus. Mayo Shadabadabaya. Lebaro Shadabaya. Nagabalabaya. You want to lift up your voice and pray that in this month, as you have started the second half of the year, God will cause rain. God will cause blessings. God will open the heavens in the name of Jesus. Open your voice and begin to pray. Open your voice and begin to pray. Yes, open your voice and begin to pray in the name of Jesus. In this second half, there shall be an open heaven. This second half of the year shall be better than the beginning. In the name of Jesus Christ, from July to December shall be better than January to June. Lift up your voice and pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift up your voice. Yes. Lift up your voice. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lift up that voice of yours. Yes. Lift it up and thank him right now. Lift up your voice and thank him right now. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Rain upon your people, Lord. Rain on us. Rain on us, Lord. Rain on us, Lord. Rain on us, Lord. Hey, Jesus. In the name of 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 Jesus. Let it rain, Lord. Let it rain, Lord. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Father, we thank you this morning that you have brought us into yet another month as we begin the second half of the year give your people an open heaven in the name of Jesus give your people open heavens in Jesus name give your people open heavens in Jesus name whatever did not happen that should have happened in the first half of the year we decree that under open heavens, it will happen in the name of Jesus Christ. Your name will be glorified. As we begin our fasting tomorrow, as we begin to seek your face tomorrow, 
Let the weak receive strength in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the weak receive strength in the name of Jesus. Chains be broken in the name of Jesus. Let the captives be set free in the name of Jesus Christ. And let Jesus alone be glorified. This morning, speak to us. Let somebody never live the same as they came. In the name of Jesus. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. I didn't hear your voice. I said clap your hands and say amen. Don't sit down yet. Lift up your Bibles. Lift up your Bibles with me. If you don't have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, you can take off your wig and wave it. (laughs) But lift up your Bible and say, This is my Bible. Let me hear your voice. Say, this is my Bible. Where is your Bible? Huh? Why are you wearing a shirt and not holding a Bible? Say, this is my Bible. It is the word of God. No, say it to us. Say, this is my Bible. It is the word of God. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am not a hearer only. I am a doer of the word. Wave your Bible and say amen. Amen. God bless you. Please be seated. So, this this month and um, for all the weeks ahead of us, on the Sundays we will be dealing with building a strong church. Somebody say amen. Amen. And when we talk about a strong church, we are talking about you and I because you are the church. Somebody say, I am the church. Are you sure? Say it again. Say, I am the church. All right. So the church is not necessarily the building in which we find ourselves. But the church is the people or what we call the called out ones. The Greek word for church is ecclesia, which means the called out ones. Those who have been called out. And so you and I form the church. So it is a very, very special month in your life because by the end of the month, your life will be better than you started it. Oh, you missed a good place to say amen. I said by the end of the month, your life will be better than you started the month. I'll be largely um, sharing from this book, Hunting Savage Wolves. Now, I want you to please pay a very good attention because God would do something in your life that will amaze you. Okay? And we have copies of this book in the bookshop. Um, and so I would want to urge you. Now, every parent here, buy a copy of this book for your children. You know, any month when we introduce a book, 
Make sure you buy it for your children and tell your children to read it. It's very, very important. Give your children a gift of reading a book. Not only science and economics book. Not only science and economics book, but also let them read Christian literature. That one will build their brains to pass exam. This one will build their spirits to pass the test of life. Alright? So, go over there, buy it, give it to your son or your daughter, tell him or her, read it, the whole month, read it. And then, let them tell you what they've learned from it. Is that okay? Yeah. I do that to my children a lot. I give them a book, you read it, and you come and tell us what you have learned from the book. It's very, very important. But, if you have a Bible, please turn to Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11. Verse 16 and 17. Your, your screen is off. Numbers chapter 11, verse 16 and 17. All right. The Bible says, So the Lord said to Moses, Gather unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tabernacle of meeting, that they may stand there with you. Verse 17. Then I will come down and talk with you there. And I will take the spirit which is upon you and I will put the same upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you that you may not bear it yourself alone. Amen. So in this scripture, God spoke to Moses that the people are becoming more and um, so that person should please turn off your phone. Turn it off now. Alright. So God said to Moses that because the people are becoming more and the work is expanding, you will have to now appoint leaders and what is going to happen is that you Moses choose 70 people that you know to be leaders of the people. And then when you choose them, bring them to the tabernacle. And then I, the Lord, I will come. When I come, I will speak with you and I will take the spirit which is upon you, Moses, and I will put it on the 70 people. Now, very important lessons to note in the scripture. Number one, Moses was the one who was going to choose the leaders. And God was said that anybody you choose, I will put a spirit on them. So what it means is that if Moses even chose somebody by mistake, God will endorse such a person. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Now, which is just to emphasize the importance of leadership in the sight of God. 
So in the sight of God, one of the most important things is the role or the place of leadership. So he said to Moses that anybody you choose, when I come, I will not reject anybody. I will just put a spirit on them. So that's the first thing for you to note. That God recognizes leadership. God values leadership. Number two, God said, when I come, even though you've chosen them to be leaders and I've accepted them, I'm not going to talk to the people. I'm going to talk to you, Moses, in front of them. What does it mean? What it simply means is that God never speaks to the neck. God always speaks to the head. Are you with me? I said, are you with me? So, directions, divine directions or God's guidance does not go to followers. Followers don't lead the leader. It is the leader that leads the followers. Anywhere you go to, where the people lead the leader, then the leader is no more the leader. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? That is why when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and God came to the garden, he did not ask Eve the question first. The first person God spoke to in the garden of Eden was Adam. Somebody say Adam. Why did he speak to Adam? Because it was Eve who first got tempted, isn't it? It was Eve that introduced Adam to the sin. So why would God bypass the person who committed the first sin and then go to the second person? The reason why God did that is because God will always hold leadership accountable. Is somebody with me? Oh, church, turn off your phones. Or put your phones on silence. When you go to your doctor, you won't keep your phone on like this. When you go to even your, your assemblyman, you won't keep your phone on. Is that right? Even your assembly, your village assemblyman, you won't, you won't keep your phone on. Huh? Not to talk of even the, the MP or the president. You won't do that. You are before God. Please, turn off your phone. If you can't turn it off, put it on mute or put it on silent. Is that okay? Yeah. Are we together? Alright. So, God spoke to Adam and questioned Adam about why they had broken the rules. So God said, Moses, when I come, you are the one I will speak to, even though I've accepted all the people. So please understand this. Anytime God speaks to a leader, his people are supposed to recognize that indeed God will always deal with leadership. Is somebody hearing what I'm talking about? The next thing was that God said, Moses, when I come down, I will not put the Holy Spirit on the people. I will take the spirit which is upon you and I will place it on the 70 people. Why would God not give the Holy Spirit to the people? But God wants to take his spirit and put it on the people. Because you see, God anoints fathers, but the children will always receive a transfer. Now, recently I was listening to Bishop David Oedipo and he was talking about the anointing. And he said something very, very important. And everybody listen to this carefully. He said, God has blessed me with tremendous blessings. He said, in today's world, he's one of the foremost people when it comes to the 
you know, the ministry of faith. But he said, this ministry, he said he received it from Kenneth Hagan. He, I thought he would say he received it from God or from the word of God. Listen, transference are real. So he said, I received it from Kenneth Hagan. Then he said that I received the anointing for prosperity from Kenneth Copeland. I said, wow. Now, you've heard the presiding bishop say over and over again how that he received the spirit of boldness from, and faith from the late Archbishop Benson in Ahosa. And how that he received his calling under the ministry of Maurice Celero. How many of you have heard him say those things before? Now, which is to say that anything you need in life, there is somebody that carries it. This morning, I pray for you. Under this grace, may you receive an impartation in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hand and say a better amen. So, it is possible that God through his servants will do something in your life. But why is it that most of the times, some of the things that God even wants to do, does not manifest in our lives? And this is why this month you need to pay attention. Because after the end of this month, if you pay attention, God will take you from a nobody and make you a somebody. Your amen is very, 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 very paralyzed. I said, you will move from a nobody and become a somebody. Lift up your hand and say a better amen. Anywhere there is human activity, leadership is of great importance to God. Leadership is great, it's of great importance to God. Listen, people who rise and fall have always been at the behest of leadership. Check it. From family to small groups to nations, no matter how hard working a group of people are in a nation, any nation that prospers have something to do with leadership. True? Oh, talk to me. Is that correct? No matter how hard a community, when you go to any place and you see that things are so well organized, beautiful, very well done, it is an indication that leadership is at work. When you go to a place where people are going to toilet at the beach, Children are bathing by the roadside. Huh? Did you hear what I'm saying? No, don't, 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 do, don't do like you're, you're not hearing. Did you, did you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. And you go to a place where cars cannot even enter their homes because of big gutters. And they have to park by the roadside. And there is filth. And gutters are choked. There are some places when you get there, you have to hold your nose. It is an indication that it is not just the people. It is a problem of leadership. Somebody say leadership. No nation prospered because they have gold and silver and diamond and bauxite and timber. No nation prospered because they have those things. Every nation that prospered, they prospered because they have good leadership. A family don't just become well simply because, oh, we have all gone to school. Going to school is good. But that is not what makes a family to progress. Families prosper and do well because there is good leadership at home. I pray in the name of Jesus. Your family shall become exceptional. If you say amen, it will help your life. I said your family shall become exceptional. Your life shall become exceptional. Your destiny shall become exceptional. Lift up your hand and shout a big amen. And the same thing applies to church. 
when you see a church that is moving and doing well, it is not because they have more anointing than others. It is simply a function of leadership. Someone is a leadership. So God pays special attention to leadership. That is why what we are sharing this month will bless your life. Some of you, this month, your destiny will receive a 360 degree turnaround. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So God was going to do something among the Israelites. But there were some things that were supposed to happen. Leadership alone is not enough. Anywhere, no matter how good a leader is, without cooperation, nothing happens. So, John Maxwell will say that everything will rise and fall on leadership. Yes, but no matter how good a leader is, without cooperation, nothing happens. So, God says that I am about to do something new in the lives of these people. Moses, you are supposed to lead them. I'm going to put an anointing upon them, blah, 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 and all of that. But this is the thing. Whatever God was going to do was going to happen because number one, Moses was going to stay in tune with God. Number two, the 70 people were supposed to work in unity with Moses. That is why they needed the spirit of Moses. Moses had the spirit of God, but the people needed the spirit of Moses so that as Moses is always connected to God and the 70 leaders are also connected to Moses and then the people who they lead must also be connected in unity with the 70 people. As long as this relationship is there, they will never fail. Did you hear what I said? Please, did you, did you get what I said? Let me get three people. Come. Let me get three people quickly. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. So, this is God. Mm? This is God. Mm? You are God for today. This is Moses. No, come this way. This is Moses. Mm? When you see his beard, you can tell that this is Moses. And then this is the 70 leaders. Let's say they are the 70 leaders. This is, he is one. This is another leader. This is another leader. This is another leader. So 70. <laughs> and then, give me one person. Give me one person. Quickly. Come. Hurry up. These are the rest of the Israelites. Is that okay? Now, God, move. Be moving gradually. No, don't look at me. I said move. Uh -huh. And then, as he's moving, Moses decides to go somewhere. Moses, go somewhere. What is going to happen to these people? And what about the people? Chaos. Is that right? Alright, come back. So, God move. Moses, follow. Seventy, follow. The people, follow. Are they getting somewhere? Are they going somewhere? Bless you. You can sit down. So, this is... This is how it happens. Anytime leadership breaks connection. So, for example, let me use Perez Chapel. In Perez Chapel, our presiding bishop is our Moses. And he's connected to God. We, the bishops, the pastors, we are the 70 elders. As long as we are connected to the presiding bishop, 
and he is connected to God, the congregation can be assured that no matter what happens, you will get to your destination. Amen. I declare you will get there in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me hear your amen loud. I said you will get there. Somebody say I will get there. But if we disconnect from him, and so the presiding bishop is saying something, and then the bishops and the pastors, we are also saying something. We are criticizing him. We are talking. We are misbehaving. What do you think will happen? The congregation will be in trouble. You will be the one suffering. That is the reason why no church member should tolerate any pastor that criticizes his leader. Did you hear what I said? Because when you, when you tolerate any pastor who criticizes his leader, at the end of the day, you will be the one to suffer. You, I said you will be the one to suffer. <laughs> Did you get what I said? Yeah. So anytime you see somebody who criticizes his leader, and the same thing happens in the family, it happens at work and everywhere. Anytime people criticize a leader, chaos will happen. The blessings will cut at a certain point. Your blessings will never cut in the name of Jesus Christ. So in this local church, I am the representative, I am the Moses of the bishop here. So the bishop becomes my God. I'm just giving an example. Uh, don't say, he says from today, bishop is God. But within the context of the analogy I gave, so the presiding bishop is like my God, and then I am his Moses here. When you fight me, you are destroying the blessing others should have received. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is why you never, you never would have to tolerate anybody that goes around people who mama, people who talk, people who complain. When they come, either you move away quietly or you tell them, shut up. Because they are going to rock your boat. You will end up in your destination in Jesus' name. By the grace of God, and my wife is here, I never criticize any man of God, publicly or privately. No. <laughs> the way you see me, that's how I am. I will never, my presiding bishop, either privately, when I say private, you understand what I'm saying? Like in my bedroom. <laughs> in my house, you don't, you don't discuss anything negative about the man of God. I remember during the lockdown, we used to watch a lot of videos and sometimes we see some of these funny, funny, you know, characters, um, biblical practitioners. I don't know whether to call them men of God, but, you know, they show up with all sorts of funny things. And sometimes my children will be like, ah, but what is he doing? Is he... I said, then I'll tell them that no, you, you, don't, <laughs> you don't ever have to. This is not what I teach you, so this is not what you believe in. Believe what I believe in, but don't speak against them. Because, and some of you, you must teach your children that they should never cut the flow. Did you hear what I said? That is why it is dangerous when you are a child of God and you go, to ho- and you go home and you criticize pastors in your house. You are setting a bad precedence. You are teaching your children that it is okay to criticize men of God. You are teaching your, so your children grow up and they don't believe anything about God. They don't believe in the church. They don't believe men of God. And you say, oh, my children are becoming wayward. They are not becoming wayward. You let them. You taught them by example. 
there's a story of true story, very true story of this man of God in Europe. And this lady who attends a church would always, after church, will call this friend of hers in another place. And then they'll be talking about church. And then they'll be talking about the pastor, what he wear, and what, how the pastor spoke, and how the pastor did this, and how the pastor... And then they'll be insulting the pastor. And this lady had a small girl, a Kakwala, small girl. Not knowing the child was listening to them. So one day, this lady did not go to church, and then the pastor decided to go and visit them. When the pastor went, and then he saw the small girl, you know, in the living room, the daughter of this woman, and said, hey, how are you, young girl? He said, leave me alone. Then the mommy said, oh, don't behave like that. He said, I don't like him. And the mother said, oh, don't say that. He said, ah, mommy, is it not the one you have been talking about every day that he has been chopping the church money? He said, he said, shut up. He said, mommy, are you not the one who has been calling auntie, so, so, and so, and you have been talking about the pastor? I don't like him. Yeah. So some of you, some of you must begin to change it because some of you at home, you criticize pastors, you talk about pastors, you talk about the church people, you talk about elders, you talk about people in church. You've made your church believe that everybody in church is fake. So when they come to church, they only come because they have to come. Very soon when they grow up, they don't want to see anything, they don't want to have anything to do with church because of the picture you have created to them. May it change in the name of Jesus Christ. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Come on. Am I talking to somebody this morning? So, don't criticize people in, in private. No, even in my heart. No, I, when there are things I disagree with, uh, when there are things I disagree with, I go to whoever I have to talk to and say, look, this thing, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with this thing. Can you explain? And then we talk about it. Then I tell you what I think. You also explain, then we are fine. But never criticize a man of God. Recently, Benahin was speaking. There's a video that was, I don't know if any of you saw it, but it's been a while ago. A video was circulating. And he said he got very sick some time ago. Very, very sick. And he had prayed and prayed and prayed. And then one day God told him that, Benny, you have touched one of my servants. He said, who? He said, you criticized so-so and so man of God. You criticized him. He said he didn't remember. Then immediately the video played back. He said, he didn't say it to anybody. He was just there with some people and then something came up and then they said something and then he also commented and from that day the sickness bam, hit him and so he said he had to go and apologize, he called the man of God and apologized to him and immediately the sickness left him so there are some people who are dying, there are some of you whose doors are still closed because you have criticized too much let there be a change in the name of Jesus Christ in Psalm 133, Psalm 133, from verse 1 down, it says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Verse 2, It is like precious ointment upon the head that runs down the beard, even Aaron's beard, and went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessings, even life forevermore. So, God is saying that in the atmosphere 
sorry, in the atmosphere of unity, that is where God commands his blessings. Anywhere there is confusion, blessings are never released. Oh, I know men of God who are very anointed, but nothing happens in their church. Do you know why? Because there are criticisms. This church is a wonderful church. Yeah. The ones who are not clapping are the ones who are the suspects. But this church is a wonderful church. <laughs> but there are some places, I mean, there are places that are preaching and when you walk into the place, you can feel that this one, tension. There is tension in the atmosphere. Why? Because and that is where the Bible says that blessings are not released. But in the place where there is unity, blessings are received. In such an atmosphere, when you speak, it happens. This morning, I speak over you. You will carry blessings. Oh, I said, you will carry blessings. Anything the devil will use to promote stagnation in your life and in the church, in your family, in your business, anyone that the enemy will introduce to create confusion just to bring about stagnation, this morning we overthrow that thing in the name of Jesus Christ. You must understand this. We have been destined for growth. Somebody say, I will do well. Oh, I mean, say it to yourself. Say, I will do well. Are you sure? Say it to yourself. Say, I will do well. Say, I will do very well. Amen? In Isaiah 54, verse 1 to 4, it says, Sing, barren woman, for you, for you who never bore a child, burst into song. Shout for joy. I'm reading the NIV. For you were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Says the Lord, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch forth the courts strengthen your stakes for you will spread out on the right and on the left hand your descendants will possess nations and settle in their desolate cities do not be afraid you will not be put to shame do not fear nor fear disgrace you will not be humiliated you will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. Somebody say amen. All God is saying is that I'm about to do something new. And this morning I'm here to tell you that God is about to do something new. Oh, in your life as an individual, God is about to do something new. In your life as a family, God is about to do something new. In our lives as a church, God is about to do something new. Somebody lift up your hand and say, do it, Lord. But if God is going to do something new, then we must be prepared for it. For anything God is going to do, we must be prepared for it. So in 2 Chronicles chapter 27 and verse 6, the Bible says, So Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. Preparation will guarantee your might. Preparation will guarantee whatever God is about to do in your life. Listen, God will definitely do it, but you must be prepared for it. Somebody say amen. And the way we handle things 
is what will determine whether we are ready for what God is about to do or not. Your attitude, like I've been talking about, your attitude in terms of dealing with others, dealing with leadership, it is an indication to let you know whether you are ready for what God is about to do or not. How many of you believe at all that God is about to do something new in your life? Oh yes, he's about to do something new. Some of you, you will, you will amaze everybody around you. It will be amazing how God will turn your life story around. God will do it in such a fashion that it will amaze you. It will amaze people. It will amaze your world. Because he is God all by himself. May that grace be your portion in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? But you must be prepared for it. Prepare by the way you handle even little things. Prepare by the way you cooperate even in his house. Prepare yourself by the way you manage yourself and you manage the affairs of the things you do even in the house of God. Because it is when you are interested in what belongs to God that God becomes interested in your life. Did you hear what I said? I said it is when you are interested in what God is interested in. That is when he becomes interested in your life. And so prepare yourself. Don't just sit down and just say, oh, God is going to do it. And just pray. Yes, the prayer is good. The fasting is good. But we must also be prepared in our attitude, in our relationships, and in everything we do. As you prepare, you will not miss your opportunity. Amen? And one of the things we must note is that we must begin to you know, take up the challenge of taking our relationship with God to another level. Taking our loyalty to another level. Becoming more orderly than we have ever been before. Because anywhere there is disorder, there is confusion, there is chaos, there is disloyalty, growth, progress will never happen. It will not happen. So, Matthew chapter 14 talks about how Jesus multiplied bread for 5,000 people. Right? Yes, it's in Matthew chapter um, 14 and then you can also see it in Mark chapter 6 verse 35 downwards. You see how Jesus multiplied bread and fed so many people. When he received the bread and the fish, what he did was that, the Bible says, he gave thanks and then he made the people to sit down in groups. What was he doing? Why did he have to do that? He was creating order. Somebody say order. Uh -uh. Somebody say it again. Say order. Tell somebody, create some order. Mm -hmm. Some of you, listen to this word carefully. Order. Mm -hmm. Create some order. Because nothing multiplies in chaos. When God multiplies you in your chaos, he will only multiply your chaos. When there is confusion and God multiplies you, he is only multiplying your confusion. Until you create some order, there are things that God will do that you will not even notice that it has, it has been done. And for most people, the problem is that there is too much disorder around us. In most places in Christendom, most churches, the problem it's not the lack of the Holy Ghost in the church. The problem is lack of order. Somebody say order. Why is your voice gone down? 
I'm beginning to come home, right? Yeah, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Some of you, I'm going to enter your bedrooms right now. <laughs> the problem is order. Somebody say order. Tell somebody, let there be order. Because there are people, 5,000 men. The men alone were 5,000, minus the women and children. So you can imagine how the place was looking like. You, everybody, this one was talking, this one was talking. So he had to first of all tell them, let them sit down in groups. So the first thing they had to do, tell them, everybody keep quiet. Form groups of five. Form groups of ten. Then they will start sitting down. Because trust me, no matter how much the bread, the bread were multiplied, if they hadn't sat down in groups and created order, some people would never have gotten a piece of their bread to eat. Is it true? Because at the end of the day, some people will be going home with three loaves of bread when others have not eaten. It would have been the survival of the fittest. And in the same way, in your business, until you create some order, the blessing is not coming. Yeah. Some of you, until you create some order in your personal life, we can pray and lay hands on you. Nothing is not happening yet. In the church, until we create order in the church, we are going nowhere to happen. Let there be order. I say, let there be. I say, let there be. And do you know, Reverend Pani, do you know that order is the thing that most people don't like in life? Is it true? A lot of people want to walk into a space and just feel free and do what they like. <laughs> and listen, there is something about order. When you don't create order intentionally, everything around you will reproduce this order. Let me explain this. When you are a man and your life is bizarre and you don't put your life in order and you marry, your marriage will not be orderly. Or you think it will be orderly? No, talk to me. You think, you think it will be orderly? Just because you have married? No. And then you marry, and then you and your wife, there is a lot of chaos and disorder in the home. Then you give birth to children. Your children will learn. Your children will replicate the same disorder. They, your children will reproduce it. So, when you, when you go to a church and you want to see the future of the church, go to their children's service. When you see that there is order amongst the children, you can tell that in the main church, there is likely to be some order. Because the, the apple will never fall far from the tree. There are some children, when you see them coming, you can tell that Somebody say order. Oh, come on, talk to me. Somebody say order. And we must begin to be lovers of order. A lot of people, what they don't like is that, look, you must be here at this time. You must be here at this time. When you see clean cities, they do not become clean themselves. It is a function of order. Somebody say order. When you see certain churches and then you admire them, they did not become like that by themselves. Prayer did not create it. It was created by order. So, if God is going to do something, 
leadership must work with the people to create order. And some of the people, some of us here, we must all learn something. When you come to church, God prepares us. From the first day you came to church, from the day you were dedicated in church, as we are teaching you the word of God in the Sunday school, we are teaching you how to prepare for life. Then, you go to school, we teach you how to prepare for things, how to prepare for marriage, how to prepare for... We even teach you and teach you how to prepare for death. That is order. In the same way, you can never grow up to a certain point and say that at this point, well, I don't need... Listen, the word of God teaches us how to be orderly. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. This is not part of my notes, but let me, let me get there later. I think it will help somebody. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Is that correct? Is it true? God created the heavens and the earth. Go to verse 2 and see what happened. And the earth was without form. And void. Ah, how can God create something and the earth, the thing will become without form and void and darkness? So the fact that God created something does not mean that the thing would automatically be perfect. The fact that God blesses you does not mean that you can be... Last week, Dr. Mesut Otabel said something at the dome. He said that God can bless you and you will still be manifesting a curse. Because sometimes you can be carrying a blessing, but until you create a personal order in your life, you will have no job to do. So God will bless you. You have the favor of God, but your armpit smells. So you can't get a job. Let there be order. I say let there be what? Yes, you are a beautiful lady, but no man will marry you because you talk anyhow. You treat men anyhow. And you don't know how to cook banku and fetridechi. Somebody say, let there be order. You could have a nice voice to sing. But you may never go anywhere beyond the four walls of your local church. Why? Because you need some order. The way you even present yourself. That is why I tell my choir people, nobody ever stands on this stage with slippers. It is part of the order. Somebody say order. Yeah. Nobody stands here. And now let me add one. The man, when you wear shirt like this, Dacosta, you are looking nice. When you wear shirt like this, put on a tie. Is that okay? Yeah. Huh? Ima? Suddenly you are looking around. Ima? <laughs> Somebody say order. Yeah. Because sometimes the problem is not the spirit. The problem is our disorderliness. May God help us create some order in our lives. You didn't say an amen loud enough. I said may God help us create some order in our lives. So, a pastor could be very anointed. You know, and one of the things, the last time I was telling my wife, we invited somebody here to come and sing. The person came here after about 30 minutes later, something like that. I told my wife, before the person can say, this person is finished, will never stand on this platform again. Because I don't believe in this order. No matter how anointed you are, you can sing for angels to come down. Six o'clock means six o'clock. <laughs> yeah. There must be order. Listen, God is about to do something in this church. That is why we must create order. Somebody say order. 
if, for example, I am a, a minister of songs and I've been given 10 minutes to come and sing a song, and I come and I talk for four minutes, and then, you know, and then I have a testimony, and then shut up. If we wanted you to preach, we would have given you a preaching appointment. We say, sing, sing and sit down. Am I talking to somebody here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's why we keep a timer. So that there can be some order. Somebody say order. You know, there's, you know the spirit has come on us. The spirit has come on us. And you, you know, I remember there was a lady years ago in, the, in, in, in Jowulu. Hey, anytime she's singing, when her time is up, then she suddenly will close her eyes. Then she enters the spirit into another level. Somebody say, help me, Jesus. Oh, come on. Somebody say, help me, Jesus. But order never corrects itself. This order doesn't correct itself. It must be intentionally corrected. So when you see that your person, some of you, the problem is your personal life, the way you use your money. You must create some order in your finances. You must, you must create some order in your finances. It is not everything you see that is nice that can be bought. No. It is not every food that you see on TV that you must call, um, what's, what's your name? Huh? Boat. Yeah. Yes, boat or Jumia. What are the other names? Volvo. What's that? Glovo. Oh, okay, what which one is that? I can order any. Only wa. It's everything you see on the screen that you order. When you have things like school fees to pay, you must know it. When the children open first day, your problem shouldn't be that term school fees. Your problem should be the next term school fees. Because before they vacate, you know that next time I will pay school fees. You can't be eating pizza. And then, two weeks after they've opened school, you say, I don't have money to pay school fees. What are you talking about? Create some order in your life. Oh, yeah. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm talking to you. Amen? He say, Bishop, my rent, it is urgent. It is urgent. It's church. My rent, me fiera, me fiera, me fiera. What happened? If you paid rent for two years, the first day you pay the rent, you know the exact day you must pay the second rent. So two years, if I paid it on the first of May, I know that first of May 2024, <laughs> I must pay. How did it become an emergency? <laughs> Are you getting what I'm talking about? And some of us, we bring the, the disorder is everywhere. Even in church. There are people who come to church and the usher cannot tell them, sit here. No. Every Pay your tithe. Mm, yeah, I don't believe in tithe. Let's pray. We have prayed too much. Next week we are fasting. Oh, minutes and the How about you? 
Boaye, nyami. Boaye. But let there be order. From today, let there be order in our lives. Let there be order in the church. Amen? Most people don't like order. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we dislike order. You, you don't, why? You know, one, a pastor came to tell me, Bishop Ohini, you know, Bishop Ohini doesn't like me. Bishop so I asked him, what is the problem? He said, eh, when I do this, I do this. I said, ah. But the things he's telling you, you are supposed to do this, isn't it? He said, yes. Eh, but, eh, but you know, sometimes you don't understand. I said, no. So the problem is not him. The problem is not me. You are the problem. Because this is what you are supposed to do. So do it and you are free. So this thing about, you know, eh, every day it's like they are on my case. It is a function of disorder. And this month will create some order in the name of Jesus. How many of you want to see some order in the church? Oh, yes. I've seen those who don't want order in the church. How many people want to see some order in the church? <laughs> Hallelujah. Because without order, you go nowhere. Hmm? Don't be, become like Ghanaian leaders. Disorder everywhere. Yeah. Disorder everywhere. You will not be like that in the name of Jesus. For once, we have seen a regional minister who is creating order in Accra. Very soon you will see how people will curse him. But that man, when they curse him, he will not die. He will do well in the name of Jesus. Yeah. He will do well. Because we have too much disorderly. So, when was it? Was it on Saturday? On the La Paz Road. I saw a guy. On the main road, we went through this side. I went to preach after the evangelism. By the main road, three lanes, standing on the pavement, and he removed his rod. And he stood there like this. Jesus. <laughs> then when he finished, then he shook his thing. <laughs> then, he, then he put it back and then locked it. <laughs> Take the same man and put him in Germany or any country. He will, nobody will tell him. He won't do it. Do you know why? Order, disorder reproduces itself. And order produces itself. When this church is disorderly, anybody who joins us will become disorderly. Because order will produce itself. When this church is chaos, anybody who joins us will become... When this church is orderly and we dress well to church, anybody who joins us will dress well to the church. When they even come in and they don't have any shirt, give them some few months, you begin to see how they now dress themselves well. That is why when you're a leader in church, unless it is a dress down, where we have to wear t-shirt, I'm not saying go and borrow and buy a dress, that's what I'm saying. If your shirt is only one, iron it well. If it needs some starch because it is cotton, put a little starch inside. Here must starch one Ghana. Ona. And then you mix it and then you wash the shirt. Then the shirt will be looking bright. Then you put on some tie. It may be only one shirt. Tuck in that dress. And when you come to church, sit down gently like a man. That is order. Bishop, no, no, no. It is disorder that have made you like that. Hey, hey, 
What is that? Oh, Bishop, I'm sorry. Me, that's how I am. That is not how you are. That is not how God made you. You are only becoming disorderly. You criticize everybody. You gossip about everything. You say, me, you're plain, plain. And you're plain, plain away. You need some order in your life. Because that plain, plain, Edward could see from today, we are marching a journey to become orderly. Bow down your head, let us pray. If you want your sins to be forgiven, I want to pray with you this morning. And all I want you to do is just lift up one hand as I pray with you. If you want your sins to be forgiven. If you want your sins to be forgiven, I want you to lift up one hand if it's possible. And let me pray with you. All of us, at one point in our lives, we have to do this. We have to pray this prayer. We have never regretted from doing this. Thank you. Church, everybody lift up your hand with me and pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. Forgive me all my sins. Wash me with your blood. Come into my life and make me a testimony. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hand on your chest. Father, thank you for this one. Establish him in your kingdom in Jesus' name. Touch him, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.